welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name is Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher and yoga business coach. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy 45 minutes of training for you and your yoga business. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald. We're back here with the final installment of the Spiritual Leadership Series. I'm joined by my co-host for the week, lucky me, Nicole Valcamp. We have been talking about leadership all week. Welcome back, Nicole. Thank you so much, Amy. Lucky me. <laughs> You're just, yeah, like seriously uh, in love with this topic and sharing space with you, holding space as we were talking about yesterday for all of you for this really important topic on leadership. Um, and today we're going to talk about authority and control. And I know um, I can even imagine, I can see the faces of some of the women in particular in my community who, when I say things like, authority and taking control like you know the, the sort of white comes over the face like oh oh this is scary yeah. this is i have so much aversion to this topic the whole reason i'm terrified of leadership is exactly because of authority and control power yeah not so comfortable with that huh not so comfortable and also this topic is so incredibly current i was listening to a podcast this week um about uh, the Ashtanga tradition and stuff that's still coming up now. Like this article had just been rewritten this year, updated this year about new discoveries of abuse of power in what is a very influential and important lineage. And and we can see again and again and again and again and again and again, people, we have been model, we have as many role models Oh, this is terrifying, but maybe more of abusing power in yoga than using power in the way that it's meant for. Uh, do you think that's too fierce, Nicole, to say at this point in time? Uh, I mean, like you said before we started recording, it's difficult to find a lineage where there hasn't been abuse of power. Um, I feel very lucky that in my lineage, I don't think there has been in Shivananda where we're going. I think from Shivananda and my group, there's never been that kind of abuse of power, but it is very challenging to find a lineage of yoga these days where there hasn't been some sort of abuse of power. And the hierarchical system of it is a challenge, right? I think we struggle as women with hierarchy. I think we struggle in the yoga community with hierarchy. Um, we did the podcast on the principles of feminine leadership and mm. hierarchy, power, control. None of those were words that we spoke no. about. We talked about the opposite. We spoke of inclusivity. We spoke of humility, um, balance. Very, very different than some of the older, more traditional paradigms of leadership and also paradigms of yoga um, training. Yes. yes, and I think when we think about power, um, and taking control, it, it it might be people who are further up the hierarchy, like like and uh, we've seen with some gurus or yoga leaders. But it can also be from to the side, or, or if we think about hierarchy, like from underneath. I was talking to uh, Anna Forrest and Jose Colaco the other week, and they were saying how when they came together as business partners, um, they realized that Anna's manager had been embezzling from them for a very long period of time because she had given away her control as far as the financial piece of managing her business. Like it doesn't mean authority and control doesn't always come from the top. It's 
people have authority and control with us in all sorts of ways that we interact with them. Yeah, well, I think it comes back to us and, yes. and where is our responsibility in all of this because it's so easy to sit and point fingers at the hierarchy, at the gurus gone bad. You know, we'll find plenty of that, right? But as yogis, we're always trying to see, well, what's my part in this? And not your part in, you know, a guru going bad, but in my own life, you know, what can I learn from this? And I think there is, we spoke about this yesterday, there is an aversion to um, stepping into our own power and being mm. fully responsible for our lives. And I know that for me, even as a business owner, like I don't really love ta my taxes and tax returns and going through those with a fine tooth comb. But as a business owner, it's part of my responsibility. And if I don't, you know, you can end up having someone who's embezzling from you, or you can end mm. up with someone who's maybe not doing their job properly and that's no one's responsibility but mine. And it's yes. like, we might think we might shy away from leadership, you know, bringing back to the topic of leadership, we might shy away from leadership because we think it's, Oh, it's too much responsibility, but think about in our own lives, all the places where we may not even want to take responsibility and places where we may be giving up our power in small ways that if we could get comfortable with power and we could get comfortable with responsibility, we would be, that much better people and that much better business leaders, you know, in our, in our communities. I, I love it. And I, it also, you know, it doesn't, um, I, I'm very aware also of, if you look back through our traditions, so much of the old yoga teachings are about harnessing personal power. Like if we mm. actually started to consider power and more of the, what it means in terms of the yoga tradition and less in terms of what we've seen it come to mean in the sort of societies I've lived in, I think that would be liberating in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. But you look at the, like the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, so much of it is about harnessing your power. And I'm not suggesting you go, I don't know, draw milk up your penis or anything like that. But, but if it gets to be about actually, you know, this is the power inside me rather than, I, I, I wonder, do we... Is there something so ingrained in us that when we use the term power, we just attach abuse of quietly at the start of it? Like that's why these conversations are so uncomfortable. Right. Well, we do have the adage power corrupts, right? And absolute yeah. power corrupts. Absolutely. And it is. I mean, and I've always heard gurus say, um, Swami Shivananda says that, you have to be careful with the cities, with the yogic powers that you get from practice because they really can lead you astray and it's not the point of the practice at all. And if the emphasis is there, then you will be led astray. But if the emphasis is on cultivating and harnessing our own power and we stay connected to a power that's greater than ourselves, which is the whole point of yoga, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about this as part, I think, of humility, um, remembering that all power comes from one source there's there's one source of power and we we become instruments of that power mm. right if we stay in that place i think i do that a lot when before i have to do any kind of leadership activity um even if it's speak in front of a group or give a teaching or whatever it is i always pray to be an instrument mm. of you know 
what I'm meant to be, an instrument in that moment so that the power is, I literally like to think of it as like the power is moving through, like yes. in and out of me, you know, and I'm really just a vessel in the moment. When I think of it that way, I'm much more comfortable being a leader because I'm not the leader. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, you are. And in being a spiritual leader, you're, you're recognizing and tuning into the nature of being the conduit for that power. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the small I is not the, le- is not the leader. It's not like, yeah. oh, Nicole, little, you know, Nicole, it's like, then I get into a place of like, who am I? And what if I say the wrong thing? And yeah, what if yeah. I fuck it up? And what if I'm talking BS and no one believes me? I mean, I don't know if I just stay connected to, oh, I'm, I'm a conduit for a power greater than myself. I'm going to do the best I can and leave the results up to the universe, which is what the Bhagavad Gita tells us. You know, mm-hmm. primary, primary teaching of yoga is to be detached from the fruits of your labor, right? To try to just let the outcome be. That I think for me, that helps me become more comfortable with leadership because we started off this series talking about what would hold us back from claiming Mm -hmm. the title leader. Mm -hmm. Why do we shy away from leadership? And this is maybe one of the ways that we can lean in. I don't really like that term lean in, but we can step into leadership positions if we shift the paradigm a little. I was, when I was preparing for this call, I um, read a quote from Richard Freeman. which I'll totally botch and paraphrase, but he was saying that, you know, in becoming yoga teachers, our students will put us on a pedestal and it's our job as the teacher to cut the pedestal away. Mm. And part of that I agree to in the sense of demystifying, like we were talking about those, those feminine uh, leadership principles, you know, inclusiveness, generosity, humility, vulnerability. But I also think that simply looking to cut away the pedestal is can be avoidance behavior when it comes to responsibly managing power because we do have, there is a power differential and there is only so much slicing away that we can do because the student is always going to bring their, their projection, their, their conditioning, their karma to any situation. So, uh, you know, I, I take his point, but I also think that we shouldn't simply ignore or pretend that that power difference isn't there in order to be at one with everybody but rather recognize it and honor it and and be ethical and mindful in how we use it yeah i i love that point that you're making i think for some reason in my mind it's triggering something of like this is maybe part of the reason why we made it a women only retreat because these concepts are particularly maybe uncomfortable, you know, being up on the pedestal is uncomfortable for women. And we wanted to have a safe space to go into the discomfort of leadership and the discomfort of taking control and the discomfort Mm. of claiming your power and this discomfort of taking full responsibility Mm. for your life and for um, your fate, so to speak. And mm. that is something I think that is more uncomfortable for women for so many reasons. I mean, we aren't from the very beginning conditioned necessarily to take full responsibility for our lives. I mean, how many of us grew up thinking that once we got married, we wouldn't have to work anymore, or, mm. you know, we could leave our financial future in someone else's capable hands. I mean, luckily yeah. that wasn't the dominant message I got, but it was, it's still a message, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, and, it, and it can be um, like taking control can be uncomfortable at the teeniest, tiniest 
levels. I was working with one of my clients this week who um, is working on boundaries. She's, her business has blown up. It's all going great. And she's recognized that in, as a result, actually other parts of her life have kind of, there's now a missile an imbalance. And so we're talking about bringing all of that back and, and specifically about calling a meeting to its end, recognizing an end time and not transgressing her own boundary. And so in preparing, she had a meeting coming up. It was to finish at 10.30 in the morning. Um, that's what she wanted. And so before she went to the meeting, we, we sat together and she wrote an email to the person she was meeting with saying, looking forward to meeting, just letting you know I need to be done by 10.30. And then she, she felt so uncomfortable just about sending that. To, like she really wanted to write at the end, I hope that's okay with you. And she felt yeah. so uncomfortable because I wouldn't let her put that phrase in because it was really she was taking control of the meeting and right. it seemed so absurd just leaving at 10.30 instead of 10.45. But the, right. the, the level of discomfort was high and real for her. I think you make a great point. These... And we shouldn't make light of those situations either because they all get to be teaching opportunities that, that taking control, even on these small things that happen every day, can feel incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, I love that example. That's a really good specific example. And I would say I see similar things with my clients, with um, people who have, you know, if you're a coach or you take clients and people cancel, yes. or schedule the last minute yes and or show up 15 minutes late and expect you to go 15 minutes longer Mm -hmm. and just keeping you know being comfortable being in a position of saying I'm not available for that that's not what was agreed I still need to take payment for this session you know I'm happy to reschedule and you missed the date and you're not entitled to another session you know whatever it is that those are forms of leadership yes Small mundane examples are where we set the tone for the kind of leader we're going to be. And we can do all that with kindness and we can do that in a way that's unapologetic. Like you didn't let her put that sentence and I hope that's okay. Mm. It's not really a question. <laughs> no, it's just it's, it's those little padding words that we use to avoid being responsibility and taking control. Yeah, authority. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah authority we're we're uncomfortable with authority um when it's our own i think we're most uncomfortable with our own authority totally taking control i mean only a bad person would take control of a situation i would have to i would have to surrender all of my spiritual loving caring healer nature if i was going to take control but I, i i i'm kind of fierce on this i actually think that yoga is all about control actually not like in, in its true sense, um, my, mind control. And I'm talking about sit on the cushion and don't let yourself go bunko. That's what yeah. we're doing. Or pranayama, you know, intentionally control your breath. Right. Actually, all of these things are, we're teaching ourselves control methods. Stay yeah. in the pose for one more breath than feels comfortable for you or lie in Shavasana and do not move. Let's control yeah. the body. I think we have beautiful teachings as yogis about how control gets to be empowering and it gets to be soothing and it gets to be um, deeply in service to what we need as practitioners. And it's, um, it's a discipline, right? Yes. The, 
the, there's control, but there's a lot of the things you're talking about also bring up the word discipline for me. Like we are trying to control the mind. We're trying to discipline the mind. We're trying to discipline the body. We're trying to discipline many things. That's what the yamas and niyamas are, right? Yeah. They're discipline. Yeah. And the more we do that practice, the more it becomes probably inevitable that we need to be in a place of authority, power, leadership, because we're doing the work and we need to show others how to do the work. Yes. So we can't hold ourselves back from taking that step forward. And the mind will make so many excuses for why we shouldn't move forward. You know, I mean, that's the mind's favorite thing to do, I think, is keep us from being fully empowered and keep us from being out there and keep us from really stepping into that, that place of power. But all of these practices, like you so beautifully pointed out, all of these practices are kind of preparation. They're disciplines, they're preparation for us to really be powerful. So why, why not really embrace it? Why not really own it? Yeah. I mean, if you're doing, I don't know, Kapalabhati, <laughs> Kumbhaka Pranayama or something, you're not turning into a bad person. <laughs> the world's mm-hmm. not going to end. You're just being in control of your breathing right. for a greater purpose. Yeah. Control of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think just to build on what you said just now, I often say that I could care less if someone comes to my class and can now do crooked sage, Astavakrasana. I could care less. But the fact that by coming to my class, they learnt the lesson of, it's important to show up on time. Now that is yoga to me. I could care less about anything else. If they got that life lesson, Shaktipat. And if mm. I'm not taking authority in the class environment and I am being flip floppy with my boundaries and letting people do whatever they want, then my students can't receive that lesson. Yeah. It's a good so point. Avoiding, if we do recognize with grace that people look to us as leaders from the very nature of what we do. If we're avoiding taking control or being an authority, um, we're potentially depriving the people who are looking to us for lessons from receiving them. Yeah. I think that's a great way for me when I come back to service all the time, how am I being of service by being a leader? How am I being mm. of service by being disciplined? Mm. It makes it much easier. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's kind of an easy out. I don't know. But when I reframe it as service, it's like, oh yeah, of course I have to be disciplined with my clients and teach my clients to be disciplined with their clients yeah. because that's how we will be of highest service. We will not be of high service if the schedule is a mess and we're rescheduling people here and you're 15 minutes late for this. So I'm 15 minutes late for the next thing. I mean, there's no service in that kind of chaos, but if like a yogini, I stick to my schedule, I, you know, evaluate my options. I stay disciplined. That's where we can be of service. So maybe with all of this as maybe a kind of a, a cheating way to get comfortable with control, authority, power, leadership. You just reframe it as service because all of those are ways to facilitate service. Really? And I, yeah. And I don't think it's a workaround. I actually think it's really accurate because we're all, I'm quite, I feel very confident in saying everybody who would be listening to this podcast is here because of the desire to be in service. This, right. That's paramount actually. Yeah. And that's why we have to be leaders because we are the people who want to serve 
in a principled way. That's why we chose the topic spiritual leadership. You know, how many other places right now are people talking about spiritual leadership? There's lots of seminars and conferences and things you can read about leadership. You know, leadership, sure, but spiritual leadership, that's really different. Or feminine leadership, these are different layerings. And I think as the people who do want to serve, it's good for us to have these kind of serious conversations and have the space to do the work and to work through the discomfort that comes with this next level. You know, it's, it is an up-leveling when we really step into our roles as, our role as leaders, but this is who needs to be doing it. You know, your audience of people who want to serve, that's who yeah. we want to, to really be comfortable with leadership. Or anybody who's listening who who feels the call to be a positive influence for change. Right. And if, if, if uh, <clears throat> a lack of confidence or a lack of skill set in, in the leadership realm is going to prevent you from helping be that positive agent for change, then it's time to, you got, you know, it's time to learn. It's time to, you don't have to know everything already, but you, you do get to figure it out. Yeah. Or just someone who doesn't want to be, you know, scraping by teaching X number of yoga classes a week anymore, who wants to go to the next level of really building something structured around what they're doing so that they can become leaders. You know, I, I have a client who has, um, a business teaching yoga in schools to students. Mm -hmm. And as soon as she starts to talk about hiring more people to help her, it's like, I mean, like alarms go off. Like that is super overwhelming, not on a table, not an option, but it's like, why not? Let's make, let's start making that an option. That's not so far fetched. That is actually the goal. (laughs) That is the only way to scale. That is the only way to make money and being comfortable with that kind of direction and that leadership, right? That's something you have to overcome. Why is it that we're so uncomfortable with if the topic of this podcast is feeling good about authority and taking control, why is it that we're that so often it doesn't feel good? I love that you asked that because I think we said that we talked we tried to talk about this in our first day. Maybe now we have some other um, <laughs> insights, but we did ask the question. I think why are we so uncomfortable? And I don't know. There's so many reasons, but I I think we are. I think we are uncomfortable with it. At kind of collectively as yogini uncomfortable with these with these concepts I don't know what do you think well you know what comes to mind for me is that I mean we're both coaches we work in very similar spaces but you and I come at the work that we do from different approaches Mm -hmm. and I think this is one of the reasons why one of the many reasons why our retreat is going to be just incredible because I in in trying to sort of varaha dig this kind of dig this up and out it, it comes to me that part of it is going to be mindset, like looking back, like, like, like you would look at what's my attitude to money, what's my attitude to power and, and control and where does that actually come from mm-hmm. in yeah. my journey? Like what am I at, subconsciously attributing to those qualities that may not be in service to what I believe about the world anymore? And so there's sort of like the, that, the, the mindset and the, mindfulness part of coming to terms with any uh, aversion that folks might have about authority and taking control but then and and then there's also like the more pragmatic pieces about the checks and balances or the shivering coded sort of tools and techniques about re-embracing authority and taking control and I, I 
really feel like between the two of us, we're and our backgrounds and our coaching styles, we're going to really bring those two pieces together beautifully once we get to once we get to the Bahamas. Tell, tell, yeah. tell, why don't you tell folks? We haven't done this yet. Nicole, tell folks a little bit about you know, how do you work with people as a as a spirituality coach? You had a beautiful phrase that your new type of coaching that you do that uh, you said on the first podcast, and I can't remember what you what type of coach are you now? Miracle making. Miracle making. Whoa. So like, tell, tell yeah. people a bit more about your style. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Amy. I do. I love this balance that we have. And for me, so miracle making is about teaching people a process literally to create miracles in their lives. And part of that, a huge part of that is becoming comfortable with our power as miracle makers and becoming responsible for our responsible for what we really have to do, which is make miracles. I mean, we're the people who want to serve. So we have to make miracles so that other people can see that they're possible. But before we can do that, we have to believe we're really worthy of them. And so much of the work that I see that has to be done right now, particularly with women is work around worthiness, worthiness of miracles, worthiness of receiving, um, you know, not being perfectionist, not expecting perfection of ourselves, not thinking that the miracles will only come when we do it perfectly, mm-hmm. not thinking the miracles will only come when we've done asana every day and pranayama every day. And, you know, kind of these rigid structures or this, this thinking we get stuck in that the miracles are available to us at any time. And it sounds so kind of simple or corny, like if you believe, but it really is about believing and not just believing in a superficial way, but believing with your whole heart that miracles are possible and that they are possible for you specifically, and that you are worthy of them and that you can do this. You know, you can be a miracle maker. You can be a leader. You can have a quarter of a million dollar business. You can have employees. You can do these things. There's no reason why not, but so many of us don't believe we can for whatever the reasons are. And in my process, I help you kind of uncover those reasons, but we don't get stuck in the why. Mm. We move more towards, okay, how do we shift? What's really true? What's really real? How do I forgive myself and move on and, and make miracles? So we'll, we'll integrate this into the process. You know, there'll be, to be a good leader, we have to, we have to believe we can be the same way we have to believe we can make miracles and how much more powerful if we're all leaders making miracles. That's what I want to see. Wow. Yes. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine what a, what a glimmering, shiny world we'd live in? How fantastic. Yeah. Right. What a mission. Like if we, I think that at the start of the year, I said, I wanted to create 500 miracles by the end of March. And there have been, I mean, in my Facebook group, there have been way more than 500 miracles, like the the testimonials that I get and the people writing. And because it's like, people are saying like, oh, three miracles happened to me just today. You know, money miracles, relationship miracles, things that before maybe we would have taken for granted and thought didn't have any significance at all. All of a sudden we realized, whoa, that really was a miracle. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. And so, so, and, and this is part of what I love too, is that, you know, we are co-creating our reality here. And, um, and, and for anybody who's like, well, there's no way I'm going to ever feel good about being a leader or authority is always going to freak me out because of 
what I've had modeled to me, or I'm never going to be able to change the fact that I think that powerful people are bad people. But you don't have to resolve that all yourself. <laughs> you get to call in a miracle. <laughs> exactly. I love that. One of the, one of the, easiest ways to make miracles that we forget about is just asking for help around simple things. Like let's say you want to go on this retreat and you're not sure if you can, you're not sure if you can afford it. You can just ask for clarity. You can ask for the money to come. You can ask to make it happen, you know? And then people, I, I have people say all the time, I'm just going to ask. And then, and then it comes and it's like, oh yeah, like I can do this. That the miracle comes with a lot of times we forget to even ask for it because we're yeah. so wrapped up in figuring everything out ourselves. Yeah. It's lonely trying to figure it all out yourself. Oh, call, in the, call in some. Oh, I did it for years. I can tell you it was such a struggle. The people who I see struggle the most are the ones who think they have to do it all themselves. It, life is such a struggle when you have that perspective. And what's amazing is when you learn that you're a co-creator with the universe, that you have this immense power available to you at any moment, you could just call it in, you know, yeah. and call in that power, it'll help you. And that power isn't just like, oh, this magical power in the sky, that power is also in other people. Like yes. this retreat, was because you and I co-collaborated, you know, out of one interview and then some Instagram messages and then, right? I mean, it's a miracle. Like, yeah, we didn't even know each other six months ago. And now we have this amazing curriculum for spiritual leadership. Like what a miracle. There's a purpose behind this, right? We called in a power to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you could, you could, to, to play that tape through, um, coming back to what we've been teaching on all week is that if we were avoidant of leadership, it would have ended with you and I met at an interview thing. We did some Instagram messages, but then, Oh no, we're, we're not experts at this. We don't have multiple, we've got small little companies. We, who are we to teach on this stuff? We better not. That's for someone else. And then none of this would be happening. And, right. and the, and the, the legacy of an idea actually wouldn't, or that, that, you know, the seed wouldn't, that would never bear fruit. So that again, it, here, here we are um, just to reiterate the importance of, you said before, stepping into rather than shying away from being a spiritual leader or leadership and spiritual leader makes me come loop all the way back to where we started today, which is about Patabi Joyce and various others, unfortunately, <laughs> but it does. you know, how do you, being a leader in a way that celebrates and brings, um, brings to the top your, uh, your spiritual beliefs and your, and your co spiritual conduct, the way that you desire to be in the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I think of. I don't actually think of spiritual leadership as you're leading a spiritual community at all. I think yeah. of it as you are a spiritual person on a yes. spiritual journey who's, you know, you've committed yourself to this, right? I mean, you're a yoga teacher, <laughs> whether you knew it or not, when you signed up for it you're <laughs> yeah. on this path, right? That's kind of what happened to me. I was like, well, I guess it's time to start teaching yoga. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I've been practicing it for a long enough time, you know, and then all of a sudden here you are on this path and you are a leader. So, and you are a person who's committed to your own spiritual journey. I, I believe we all are once yeah. we start path. So 
how do we integrate that? And I love that you said that in the planning for this, we didn't say, well, who am I? Who are we? We said, yeah, we have something to speak about here. We have something to offer and we might not be experts or leaders of, you know, hundred thousand person community, but we're, we're leaders enough to share what we've learned and to facilitate others learnings in this. And that's, that's service. Exactly. Because for me, it's all, it's even more about in, in connecting with each other and recognizing that this was such an important body of work. I, I, um, it's, I'll step into leadership because I believe in the power of the teaching. Like you were saying earlier about this idea of being the conduit, it's not leadership for my own status or for, for an empty reason. It's in, in becoming a leadership in this space, I chose to do that so that I could serve in a more meaningful way. Yeah. Wow. What a mission. Yeah. So cool. Folks, if, you, if you're feeling even half as inspired as Nicole and I are on this topic, you need to come in our retreat. Like seriously, we've been talking about it all week. It's going to be incredible. Like really, yeah. it's, it's, I'm so excited. It's a must. I mean, I really believe it's a must for us right now as women, like, yeah. and as spiritual women and yoginis. It's like, what does the world need more right now than people doing this work? Like yeah. really nothing. <laughs> yeah. it does, there's really nothing that's more needed than people who are committed to this, right? And it's like if you feel called, if you feel inspired, if you're in this position that you're already in and need to go to the next level and you know that, then this is kind of the chance, right? I mean, this is what's needed. And uh, um, I, I'll, I will speak for you on this at, in this moment, Nicole, but I, I, you know, we would be just so honored to hold space for women who are feeling that it's time. Um, I know that um, I, it was uh, a lot of inner work for me to decide to be visible, to decide to stand up in front of a room of my peers, to decide to, talk with authority about what I believe to be true. For me, none of that came easy. And if it wasn't for support and female role models and feminine coaching uh, and my spiritual practice, my business and therefore my life would not be where it is right now. So I know, I, I know what it's like to feel at the beginning of this journey. Um, and so I would be just so honoured and uh, to, to hold space for people who, who are feeling that way um, because it took me longer than it needed to. <laughs> yeah. And if I could help support folks to, to bring their truth and to, to the people who need it and serve in a way they feel called to faster and more without as much turmoil <laughs> as I had, uh, that would be a, a great delight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is an honor. It's an honor to do this work with people. And it's an honor to, like you said, do the work maybe a little faster and with a little less struggle than maybe, you know, that when we do it together, it's definitely not as difficult. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I suspect that the group that is forming around this retreat, it's very much, there there will be, uh, as my, my meditation teacher says, like there will, it will be a retreat full of Dharma teachers. <laughs> like we will, we'll get to, to, to work through this and blend this through together, which is the, the Sangha that is going to form here is going to be a very powerful one. I just know it. 
Yeah, I feel that too. And the potential for who knows, you know, yes. what kind of ventures and ideas and communities and businesses and other things come out of this. Yeah. And, you know, just to come back to the nuts and bolts of it, it's kind of nice to go to the Bahamas for a week to do yoga and meditation and be fed with food that someone else makes for you. <laughs> kind of nice. I, I agree with that. It is the, the beach there, the Bahamas Paradise Island is, is more than kind of nice. I think it's one of the best beaches in the well, world. That's just me so, being Australian. Well, we do that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> that's an understatement to say the least, but I think we will all feel very lucky to be there. Yeah. Well, you like, but you make your own luck in this case, folks. So here's the link. I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not going to be dropped in there. Yeah, that's right. Miracles do happen. But you, in this case, the miracle probably looks like going to the registration page and taking a look. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the miracle is that you're listening, you know, the miracle is that there's the synchronicity of this being out there in the world of podcasts and that you found this and, and that whoever this is speaking to is like, Oh yeah, this is, this is meant for me. We kind of have those moments in our lives where it's like, I think I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be in Mm. exactly the right time. And I think there's something I'm supposed to do here. And it's like, those moments can be kind of like, Whoa, you know, you kind of know you're on the verge of something big and it can be a little scary, but like we've been talking about all week, stepping into that role of responsibility and power, um, it's up to us to, to take the step, right? Yeah. Love it. The link, folks, if you'd like to go take a look, is amymcdonald.com.au forward slash leadership. Folks, if you have any questions, if you, have, if, you, if, you, if you feel like maybe this is your message but you're not sure or if you have any um, you know, questions about where we're going, if you've never been to an ashram before or you've never travelled alone before or you just want any clarity about the inclusions, etc., please just drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can email me at amy at amymcdonald.com.au and I promise I say this all the time about my retreats. There aren't any silly questions. If you have a particular need or requirement to feel safe and to know that it's right for you, let's just get those questions answered. Um, don't be embarrassed about asking I've had all sorts of people ask me all sorts of questions about coming away on retreat. Uh, So please, if you feel an inkling that this might be for you, uh, but you have questions, just reach out and I'll happily chat with you about those. Nicole, before we finish up, is there anything, um, finish up for our our series on on spiritual leadership? It's been an incredibly fun journey. Um, Is there anything you'd like to share on this topic? Oh boy, we've said so much. I think that we can mention that we're going to do a masterclass on this. Yes, tell everybody. Yeah, so we're going to be doing a masterclass through Facebook on spiritual leadership, kind of as a primer to get you in the mode and get you ready. If you're coming on us with retreat, that's wonderful. And even if you're not able to come with us on retreat, you can still start stepping into this role of Mm. spiritual leader. And Amy and I are going to lead three days of a masterclass spread out over five to six days. So you'll have time to do the homework and there'll be handouts and practices and practical tips because Amy and I are both very pitta, very fiery. We're all about practice, practical, practical things. That's one thing we do share in common. I'm a little <laughs> miracle mindset oriented and she's all about the building blocks of your business, but we both really like 
assignments and giving you practical tips so that you can start doing this work. So look for that. There will be a link to join the masterclass mm-hmm. uh, coming soon. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. So it's it's if you've felt inspired by um, everything that we've been talking about over the week, the masterclass is where you get to get your hands dirty, get a hold of things, try things on, uh, ask specific questions of us. Like Nicole said, we're going to be doing some live training as well as giving you some loving homework assignments for you to practice with. Uh, it's all free. Um, and you can come along whatever, wherever you place yourself on the gender spectrum. <laughs> you are welcome. Um, and, uh, for retreat, for retreat people or not, uh, come hang out with us. You'll find the information hereabouts. It's going to be a uh, and again, another fun collaboration for us and an opportunity to continue this conversation, but most importantly, to give you some, um, some safe space to practice and, yeah. and, uh, build your, build your leadership muscles before you go release yourself on your community. And you'll get to learn from both of us. So yeah. I think it's a great way for my community to meet Amy and yeah. for all of you to meet me and to just see what our teaching styles are and to get a sense of what it's like to be in workshop kind of mode together and see how we're teaching because that's a big piece of coming mm. on retreat. So you'll get a good sense of what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Super fun. Nicole, thank you for all of your time and your wisdom, your generosity of spirit over the week. It's been an absolute pleasure and delight to have you as a guest. And I've enjoyed so much introducing you to all of my listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. The pleasure and the gift is all you, what you gave to me. I'm so, so excited about this. I'm so excited about the retreat. I love the conversations we had here and I'm so grateful to everyone who tuned in and listened and who's being thoughtful about this. I just really feel like this is the time for us all to do this work together. So thank you, Amy. And folks, if you've enjoyed the, this series about spiritual leadership, do come hang out with us for this masterclass. Do take a look at the retreat and that if that's right for you. And if there are people in your life who might benefit from the messages that Nicole and I have been sharing, please share this podcast with them or tag them somehow with something um, because this is a really important conversation right now. And, uh, and, and like we've been saying all week, you know, the world needs more confident, empowered um, spiritual leadership in this moment. So please be generous, share our message and, uh, I'll speak with you all again soon. I hope you enjoyed that fabulous Yogi superstar. Want more from me? Subscribe to this podcast or follow me on Insta at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Talk again soon.